Leanne, you like movies? I do, very much so. Marcus, you like movies? Yes, I do. This is Zebras in America podcast, a podcast about berets, movies, red hair, nails, taking care of yourself, self-care, take TCB, TCBY yogurt. TCBY treats, yeah. Yeah, don't 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 eat while we're recording. No, it's fine. People complain about the noises. Okay. We have to be careful. No. We're not an audio podcast, but I mean we're an audio podcast in that we only exist in the audio world, but that is a big glass of water. So uh, today is a treat. Not only is it episode fifty-two, mm-hmm. there are fifty-two. There are fifty-two weeks in the year, according to some mm-hmm. DC universes. There are fifty-two universes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, fifty-two worlds, and also <coughs> we have we have a guest. Marcus, would you like to introduce our guest? Yes, it's uh, my my good friend, my my real life friend outside of the internet, my friend Leanne. Even though we're recording through the internet, because she lives states away, she's um, she's written for my site, Pinland Empire, multiple times. Uh, she's a great human being. She loves movies. She loves good music. Oh, we've gone to a concert together. Actually, we went to, we went to go see. You um, went to see the the Dixie Chicks. No, the Indigo Close. Girls. We went to Bobby go see DeFranco. How to Destroy Angels. Godspeed, you Black Emperor. Close. Angels, God. I, I missed them actually. I, yeah. I got to see them once when I was drunk. Or I missed their set, but uh, yeah, the How to Destroy Angels—that's the only time anybody's ever going to see them. They're never going to go on a tour again. It was a special time. Why? Oh, why? Why was that? I didn't uh, know that. I don't think they're ever going to go on tour again. That was it. Oh, that was the once. Do you destroy angels with the with the with the blade? No. Uh, actually, it was uh, it's Trent Reznor's other band mm. uh, with his wife. And she is actually like the angel in the band. She oh. is literally like a, a beautiful voice, a beautiful woman. Sure, and yes. they are an amazing band. And yeah, experience to see. It is a small theater. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, I think Nine Inch Nails are an underrated electronic band. Hmm. Underrated? I don't know about underrated. As, as an electronic band. Not necessarily yeah, as a so. band, but what they have given... And their contributions to electronic music, use of drum machines, synthesizers, reverb, analog hardware, uh, digital software. Uh, Trent Reznor is a producer. He made a Saul Williams record that five people listened to. That was dope. Yeah. Um, I to it. <laughs> you're, see, you're, three of the people that listen to that record are doing this podcast. I, I got to say co-produced. I got to give Thavius Beck his due. Thavius Beck produced just as much on that album as Trent Reznor. It was like a group thing. That they usually gets because Davies Beck isn't as obviously known as Trent Reznor, but he he did work on that too, and he expressed how he gets in interviews. He gets so frustrated when he gets left out of that, but well, that's just me we, nitpicking. We didn't we didn't leave him out today. No, I'm saying the record is good. Me saying that five oh, yeah. people listen to it is just Accurate. that's not real. It's just saying that that not a lot of people heard it. Yeah. Probably has to do with the name, the name, the title. It's a little you know. Also, like, Saul Williams, his career, aside from Slam, which was a much-loved movie, I think, on the circuit, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's worked with heavyweights musically. The people, like, his first record produced by Rick Rubin, Amethyst Rockstar. Yeah. People weren't really fucking with that. Yeah. So, Leanne, tell me about yourself. Well, I uh, live out in Kansas City now. I've lived here about five years. Um, Kansas Missouri. or Missouri? Uh, yeah, yeah. 
We're right. We're, I'm like, I'm like right. Like I can see Kansas from my house. Okay, so Kansas City, Missouri. Yes. I'm All right. KCK. Okay. Janelle Monae is actually from KCK. We're we're huge fans of Janelle Monae on this podcast. Yeah. Everybody, everybody should be. She's fabulous. She has been fabulous for what a decade, and you know, I'm so happy she's getting even more mainstream. You know. Yeah. Like, her 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 new record got some bangers on it. Yeah, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but I mean, I want to. She's she's so great. You know, it's gonna be good. I know it will be. Also, I like Grimes too. Who is it? Grimes. I don't know. I don't know. She's like this artist from Canada. She she appeared on the song Pink. Um, oh, yes. I know. Uh, yes, now it's coming back. Yes. I would say this like in the night. This is the nice. This should not sound like a backhanded compliment. She's like, she's like a fairy nymph hipster Canadian Bjork. That's hmm. not a bad thing to be. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So let's talk about movies. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> so I saw a weird ass movie today at your re- at your recommendation, Leanne. Oh. <laughs> I saw this movie called Hard to Be a God. And you watched it today. Yeah. Because oh, because I know we were taught we have two movies on the agenda today, and I wanted to make sure I saw both of them. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. You must be feeling some stuff right now. Yeah, what do you so so it's a movie about like they go to smart people are taken to another planet where the world is about 600 400 years behind and that world is actively trying to stop the renaissance and kill smart people and the smart people are there trying to find smart people and like sort of not interfere but they're kind of interfering. Um, it it goes on the theory that I've always had, like, what if we're the smartest people in the universe, and everybody's a bunch of dumb people, um, and that's like the basic premise. But there's a lot a lot of farting, a lot of spitting. It's like Three Stooges in a Russian dystopic future. Um, a lot of penises, a lot of boobies, a lot of a lot of dirt, and a filth. lot of dirt and filth, and imagine sweat. Uh, it was German's last smells. film. Yeah, it took him like many years to make and many years to edit. Three years, three. I, I don't. Well, I just know from start to finish, three years. It started. They started in two thousand, and it didn't play until late two thousand three. So come more out, than It didn't come out until two thousand thirteen. Yeah, which is even enough. Yeah, so <coughs> yeah, so the production itself was three years, and then the release was something else. That's like unheard of. So the fact that the movie was Russian, black and white. And like artsy sci-fi, that was weird. I had to stop a bunch to record scenes and send them to my friends. Wow. I, yeah, I, I I found it a very interesting film because you feel the weight of it. And this is not a criticism; it is a three hours big whoop, but you, it feels like forever. Uh, I had a glitch in my copy that I rented, so at a certain point, it just like ah, it went and it made like pixelated, and I had to. Pause it did that it. to me too. Yeah, and I realized when I paused and I was like, oh shit, and then I, you know, it, it was like a 30 second thing, I didn't miss anything, but I was only 45 minutes in, and I was like, oh my god, I'm only 45 minutes into this, I cannot believe this is going on, like, it's, it, there's so much happening, it, you just feel like it's a seven hour film, you know, the frame is constantly filled with stuff. Yeah. 
you know. Um, so I was like, wow, this is this. Is, I'm I'm surprised. I don't know why this hasn't gotten more sort of critical acclaim, talk, or anything. It's been out for five years, and I haven't heard about it until like really like last month. So well, it's black and white. It's foreign, and it's three hours long. True. True. But I mean, people are always like you know talking up Tarkovsky and things like that, and this is very much in that mode, sort of. Absolutely, it's, it's like a weirder Tarkovsky. Uh, his name is getting. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. I was just gonna. His name was gonna get brought up eventually. It's very. It's like Tarkovsky, but like made by like a Tarkovsky that had a sense of humor, or that was just like nicer. And you know I, I love Tarkovsky, but I'm just saying, just a slightly more playful Tarkovsky with with still a grasp on 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 on, on the serious side of things. I have a serious question. Yo, has anyone smoked crack in Russia? I would imagine so. How do you get crack in Russia? Make it there. They, 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 do you think like how many? Do you think I just like? I wonder if this dude ever smoked crack. Cool, Alexei German. Yeah. Probably not. He might have done. I mean, other maybe like psychedelics. I don't know about crack. Why? Why? But why? Why does the crack? Why does that come know, up? I don't know. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if he did some kind of a drug that altered your thought. Crack. Crack doesn't come to mind though. Yeah, I. I actually, you know, not to get all like cool, but I am wearing a beret. While obviously we want to say Tarkovsky, I saw more of an influence of maybe. The Sargosa manuscripts or the Hourglass Sanitarium. Oh, th- oh, Wojciech Haas, a thousand percent. I, I would say I was, that too. To me, it was yeah. it was like a black. It had a lot of black and white Hourglass Sanitarium sort of vibes. Yeah, I think that's a better comparison. Leon, have you seen either of those? Do you know Wojciech Haas's movies? Oh, unfortunately, I haven't seen those. Um, oh yeah, the Sargosa manuscripts. Yeah, other than the Tarkovsky thing on this, I didn't feel like this was like anything I've ever seen before. Oh well, that's always a good thing. I think if you, I think you should get into the, like, well, Sargosa manuscript is um, um, J- uh, what's his name? Uh, Jerry Garcia's fa- all-time favorite movie, supposedly, and the Hourglass Sanatorium is just amazing. It's just an amazing, amazing movie. And they're both the same director. Yeah, Wojciech. They're, they're both excellent. I'm not saying that they're like that. I'm just saying that there are some vibes. Um, I also thought there were like some vibes. The, but which is impossible because it came out it was made there is a 2012 film by Julian Pulsler called The Wall this Austrian film about this woman she goes uh, out with her friends in the woods and then she realizes there's this wall keeping her from society and she has to survive with her dog mm. either of you seen that movie? no it's great you should see it when, when was it made? 2012 Oh, I bet it's Martin Kessler's favorite movie. I was gonna say we. I, I was gonna go at some point. I I only knew about Hard to Be a God through Martin because he tweets about it a lot. I really like Hard to Be a God. Okay, all right. But, uh, yeah, the only well, reason I knew about this was because Matume has an Instagram account called Watch Better Films. Yes. And he put up a still from it, and it looked really, really weird. Yeah. And the synopsis was interesting, and I was like, okay, uh, yeah, um, this sounds. It's like something I want to watch, you know. And he always has like really good recommendations. So I was gonna say that's definitely an, it, 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 it's definitely an M2May film. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Shout happy. out, shout out <laughs> to M2May Gant. Yes, right. Friend of the show. It's good friend a, of the show. I think he's been on the show more times than anybody. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, he was on episode fifty most recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do have, I have a couple issues. 
Um, so basically, like, if you say something, if you say a film is, like, artful, you can just do a lot of gross, weird shit, and people are like, oh, this is so beautiful. Like, if you just black and white, put people in some chain mail, talk about stuff, people are like, oh, this is, this is deep, this is surreal. Like, I really thought Hard to Be a God was a companion piece to Freddy Got Fingered. And no one's going to agree with me because like, oh, Freddy Got Fingered, that's a bad movie. That's a comedy. That's American. That's terrible. It's grotesque. But both movies had... Canadian. It was made in America. I'm just saying, the star... It was shot in... No, it was shot in Canada, and it stars a Canadian. Can you just let me have my tirade, please? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Canadian. Uh, Yes. Okay, whatever. It's an American movie. Oh. Zebra's in America. It's in America. Sure. The film takes place in America. Sure. Both films have horse penises. That's true. Yet only one film is taken seriously. What do you think about that, Leanne? Um, I think that if Freddy Got Finger is going to be compared to anything, it should be Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie, colon movie film for theaters, because that movie is completely out there, completely and those are the only two films I can think that are that weird, but that are also sort of really important films that people should see, but like on the surface, most people will not like them at all. Um, people yeah. didn't like the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie? Well, no. First of all, it didn't get shown in a lot of places. I had to go to Weehawken to go see it. Um, Man, Weehawken, New Jersey. Jersey That's the worst part of New Jersey. Weehawken. Fuck yeah, it is. The whole area is like, please. Why? What's, whoa, whoa, what, what, what's wrong with it? Because they, they, they don't even have pork roll there. They have Taylor Ham. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I think... Aquatine Hunger Force movie is really strange, so a lot of people don't take the time to, like, you know, learn it, like, watch it, get into it. Even the show is strange, but that's 15 minutes. Right. This is, like, feature length, so I think a lot of people are like, oh my god, what is this? Um, but I thought it was really, I think it's one of the best, you know, most best surrealistic films ever made, actually. What is the best surrealistic move, movie ever made? Well, anything by Buñuel because um, he was the master of that and he started working with Dali in the 20s and then made his own and his entire career you have, you know, there's like the Mexican period but then you have the French period that kind of continued in, even after the uh, after, the, you know, Spain was free because the last film he did was, actually no, Spain wasn't free yet so he was still in exile it was um, under the rule of James yeah, Franco <laughs> yeah but um, yeah, so I th- I'd say like Buñuel is my guy for surrealism. Nice. I can uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. So you're from New Jersey. Yep. From Nutley. Stop! Stop messing with my guitar pedals. <laughs> he touches my guitar pedals and messes with uh, the. I put the it presets. back. I put it back to where it was. Though. It's uh, I used to have a friend from Nutley. Um, oh, sorry. No. Jokes. And. And my best my best friend growing up moved to Montclair, New Jersey, when I was like eight, and it made me so sad. And we but we would go visit, and sometimes we go to a steakhouse in Montclair, New Jersey called called the Lexus Steakhouse, 
Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, very, it's, it's on. Uh, 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 it's by the college. Yeah. Yes, yeah, by the college, by the university. It was a very. I I still love going there because it gave you endless root beer, and the bloomin' onion. I really like the bloomin' onion. Um, and they had delicious steaks, and it was it was a good time. Yeah, I lived in Montclair for. I had like what three three apartments in Montclair. I think over ten years or something. So yeah, I, I lived in the Essex County area, um, like for that time. So I lived in Montclair for a good portion of that. Do you think the film Jersey Girl gets a bad rap? Yeah, I do. I agree. Um, the reason is I think people get on it because like, oh no, Jennifer Lopez and what's a Ben Affleck were dating. She's in it for like ten minutes. Yeah. It's fine. She's totally fine in her role. And, like, it's a nice, it's a cute movie. I mean, it, the whole Sweeney Todd, uh, you know, part where they, they stage the Sweeney Todd um, musical for the kid is really, really sweet. And, like, George Carlin's in it. He's awesome. So, like, that's a gift to have George Carlin in any movie. So, like, people should really, you know, it does, it's not as problematic as, like, Chasing Amy. So I don't know why people get on it so much. Well, also, the reasons behind why he made Jersey Girl, like, afterwards, like, at this point in my life, anything that's, like, not so much just about fatherhood, but the fact that that movie was dedicated to his dad, and that was, like, the last movie Kevin Smith's dad saw, uh, and Kevin Smith had became a dad at that point, so he was just like, I'm a dad, and then I have my dad, who's the dad of me, we got to share this movie about fatherhood together, so it's kind of hard, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for that stuff, you know, at this day and age, so it's kind of hard to kind of rag on that movie. Yeah, it's you know. also it's not it's not Kevin Smith's worst movie. No, absolutely, heck no. Um, and I yeah, I mean I've said this on the show before. I think uh, Kevin Smith gets a bad rap for like no reason. He just makes movies, man. Yeah. People think he's pretentious, but his movies are just like regular ass movies that are good. Some of them, and like he even went on to say like, oh yeah, Chasing Amy's problematic. I was young. Maybe I shouldn't have made that movie. Like, like, quote-unquote quote woke Twitter. Every once in a while, someone on woke Twitter discovers Chasing Amy and, and has, like, gets, a, gets very upset about it. And then, like, Kevin Smith will, be, will respond and be like, you're right. What, for the two of you, what, what, were, what was problematic about it? I'm just curious. I don't, I don't have a comment about it. Leanne? Well, I, I would say the whole idea that she's like, she's gay, but she doesn't, at the time, most people were not saying, I'm bisexual. And we're really, she's bisexual, right? Right. Um, but she's not admitting that, and they don't go into the, the that sort of thing. They don't go into bisexuality, so she's either, I'm gay, but maybe I'm straight, and I like this guy, and then that that's where it's a problem, because it's not, it's not coming from a very informed space on, like, the LGBTQ world. But right. then it came out, what was that, like 1997? No, 97. No. Oh, shit, okay, but even still, even then, I mean, I think the idea, and then the ending where that weird bargain thing goes on with with the friend, and that's where it kind of hits the rails, the end. But overall, I think that's why, because it's not coming from a gay person. And like he said, he oh, didn't okay. know what he was talking that, about. He was that, trying to be as, as a thoughtful as possible but he didn't have the information you know and not yeah. a lot of us back in 95 96 had the information who weren't in that community you know but the thing is though too like i i mean i guess the not coming from a, sh a gay voice and like her sexuality 
But I always like to think the scene at the end where he's trying to, like, the whole bargain negotiation, hey, let's have a three-way. I always looked at that as that Ben Affleck guy, that's Kevin Smith, and Joey Lauren Adams and Jason Lee are both like, you know, you're a fucking idiot, and that's, like, the world to Kevin Smith. So that kind of always canceled. Because I, I, I guess I was asking because I, I wanted to see what you would say. A lot of people have a problem with that ending scene, but I always looked at it as that's the 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 scenario within the scene it got shitted on as it should have because that's a stupid suggestion and they both kind of expressed that so i always kind of uh you know i'm not a chasing amy defender but it's all you know because it got me to think too about when i saw blues the warmest color i thought about chasing amy too because the words well for her at least the 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 younger girl that we never hear gay i have to take this you guys okay oh we never hear the word gay but it's like she does cheat on her girlfriend with a guy and enjoys it. Like, she cheats on him a couple times, I think it's implied. So she has... And and before she gets with... Her, you know, she has sex with a man. She has sex with both genders throughout the movie. But it's, you know, it's kind of painted as this gay film. And it's like, eh, is it? So, you know. But uh, but I, I, I hear what both of you guys are saying. I mean, it's... I'm, well, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying much. And I also want to say... Me saying... I'm not trying to diss quote-unquote, like, me saying woke Twitter probably sounds, like, pejorative. Or accurate, but go ahead. But, like... I agree. I don't know. There's, like, a lot of, like... There's a lot of... There's a lot of opinions and, and thoughts in a growing world, and a lot of it is expressed on Twitter, and sometimes, you know, now that there's... Every single document is available... There's new narratives, and I think what Leanne was saying also is just the language of our experience was just very different in 1997. I tried to watch Chasing Amy with my mom mm-hmm. on VHS cassette from Blockbuster Video. Awesome. And last we and and at seven minutes in, we were like, nope. We're like, seven we're, minutes. Yeah, yeah. We're like, we're not doing this. I guess at that point you would have got to the scene. She started describing oral sex. And we're like, nope, nope. How lesbians have sex. That's more than seven minutes. That that's like well in. I'm not even being nitpicky. I just thought like you're being nitpicky. You could, no, I literally thought like seven. Like cause seven is like a specific like thing. If you're like two or five minutes. But I get what you're saying. You didn't make it past the gay stuff. I, I understand. But I understand what you're getting on to like with woke Twitter, so to speak. Is like I I find it kind of amusing that people think like I've seen a lot of stuff recently where people are putting up a lot of stuff about Laura Mulvey. You know, and, and uh, you know, the, the female gaze and stuff. And I'm like, yo, that was written in the 70s. Like, that theoretical, like, framework, I never even, like, I have a huge, like, paper I wrote, like, probably, like, you know, 20, 18 years ago when I was in grad school. And it was, like, about how, like, I don't believe in more Mulvey's theor- theories uh, because they're based on, um, on a, you know, old psychoanalysis which right. has just been disproven therefore her theories are also problematic and not very stable and they're written in the 70s and people are like oh wow the, the male gaze da, 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 da. and i'm like guys this is old this is old hat shit like this is old like give me new theories give me mm. new theoretical frameworks that are happening in like you know academic you know uh, criticism and nobody's putting that out there because yeah Twitter's just like a free for all, so like I just kind of look at that. I'm like, oh, that's that's cute. Well, what I mean, talk about? there there is, but it but one, it exists inside echo chambers. Like people on Twitter aren't looking at JSTOR. They aren't reading like 
the quarterly philosophical magazines. I don't know how many people on film Twitter are reading film comment um, or or whether they should be. Um, mm. You know, when I was when I was finishing my my degree, I and I had access to all like the the bibliotech stuff. You know, I was able to find two two hundred to three hundred academic writings about Tarkovsky's nostalgia, and not one writing about Moscow uh, Moscow Zero. You know, and you know the problem is, and I agree with you, is that there's not people aren't there's not a lot of like theoretical arguments that are existing that that exist larger than 120 characters like complicated developed stuff and then stuff that's older like disability is a metaphor susan sontag still holds up better than a lot of victim blaming uh rhetoric that exists now you know what well, I'm saying? Sontag yeah. will always hold up. She's like, she, she's solid. She always was solid, and her stuff is, you know, you can use that, I think, forever. I mean, but there, there's there's better philosophers, and there's some that are not so great. And I think also in film studies, I don't know what people are doing in film studies now, right now. How many people are actually going into it, a, looking at it, it with a real critical eye? I have no clue. That's um, a good, yeah. I don't know what the, I have no idea what film programs are doing nowadays. I wonder. Like the stuff that we watched in school, would we have problems? Like, would we be even able to watch half the stuff? We were only given one option in school the entire time to not watch something, uh, and it was Haneke's The Piano Teacher, not because of the subject matter, but because of the 30 seconds of pornography in it. And wow. they're not allowed to, make, they're not, they can't force you to watch pornography. So that was the only time we were ever given the option to watch something else if we didn't want to, and everybody went along with it. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I mean, you watched everything. You had no choice. You couldn't say, I'm not comfortable with this because you failed. So it's interesting. And I only graduated, you know, well, yeah, it's been a while, but it's, it's an interesting thing to see how this is. I don't, I feel like it's thrown off the rails because of the lack of ability to write a lot out there. So, but I, I think also compounded. So the ability to write and also now coming to the forefront that we've talked about a little bit off the record about um, the the Me Too movement and the Times Up movement and what to do with the art of monstrous men and what to do with the films of problematic directors. It's like so. So in film school, one my question for you, Leanne, is film school is film theory and film school important? And secondly, uh, should you be able to say I'm not comfortable to watch this movie? In, in in academia and and what makes a film acceptable to say I don't want to watch this because of this or that well I mean I, is it important to go to film school I think for like if you're going to be in the business you should probably have some sort of training like formal training uh, it would be good to know you know just like like yeah learn how to like you know be a gaffer learn how to run a camera learn how to run a board um, that kind of thing, just like practical applications. I'm in film theory. And then also, well, that's the other part too, where my program was was kind of based on both. So theory, what, what uh, for 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 the per, for the neophyte to to your story? Uh, what yes. school did you go to? I went to William Patterson University in Wayne, New Jersey. Alrighty. Um, it has. It's, I, I know. It's like it's 
it, it is the school that's made fun of by everybody in Jersey, but we don't give a fuck, we're better than you, yay Willie P. Um, so yeah, it, it's basically because it's like a middle class school, you know? And it's not fancy like Rutgers, but the film program there is exceptional and the best jazz school in the world. No lack, no doubt that the best jazz program. So if you know anybody's a jazz musician, they should go there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, I mean, I had some really amazing professors. Um, one of them was, he's an Iranian film scholar, Jamshid Akrami. Um, he actually had, um, you know, the guy from Taste of Cherry, Kira Satami? Of course, yeah, of course. Whoa. He, he, he what? I, I missed that. What, what was that? He came to class uh, once. Wow. Yeah, oh, he shit. was just hanging out. He's like friends. So, you know, like that kind of thing would happen a lot. Where, I mean, we had Vincent Gallo pop through once. Um, that, like the, the, you know, the movie guys always talk about. Um, I saw him Get well soon. That. Pardon? Get well soon. Yeah, yeah. And that they, they took over our studio for like a week. Pushed us all out, which pissed off all the students because we kind of wanted to use our studio to do work. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it was interesting. And Vincent Gallo went and spoke to, I wasn't there for the film class he spoke to, but he went and talked to them. Um, so we would get, like, a lot of great people to come in. Um, and the professors were very serious about what they were doing, and they would challenge you. And should you have to watch everything in school um, that you're assigned? Yeah, I think you should have to. You're gonna have to bite the bullet. You're not gonna be able to feel comfortable all the time. You might be bored. I remember watching like when we had to watch 2001. Everybody in class like fell asleep because it's very sleepy. Sounds about movie. right. You know, it's a seven o'clock class. You know that kind of thing. But we still had to watch it. At Brooklyn, it great. at Brooklyn College, we watched uh, Garden of the Fireflies. No. Twilight. Wait. <sighs> Frankenstein in the forest. Spirit of the Beehive? Spirit of the Beehive. Okay. Oh, no, no, God. Graveyard of the Fireflies, that's <laughs> that's a Studio Ghibli movie that, that I'm I'm butchering the name of mm-hmm. about two kids surviving in post uh atomic bomb Japan mm-hmm. and that is the saddest movie ever. Uh, sounds it. It's so fucking good. Yeah. No, Spirit of the Beehive. Yes. I watched at Brooklyn College. Victor Ariche. Yeah. We watched that in Brooklyn College in a film and literature class. And we had just watched... We had just watched uh, Pan's Labyrinth the day before. Makes sense. Um, and and people, people just did not know what to do with themselves. Because a lot of people had never seen a quote-unquote artistic film or independent film before Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. And they liked Pan's Labyrinth. Which I've gone on the record to say is is not my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie, by far, um, and and honestly an overrated film I think, not a bad film but overrated film, but man did I learn so much about people's ideas about the symbology in that film. There's a lot of symbols in that yeah. movie. Yeah, so uh, some accurate and some, I and especially someone like me who forces and reaches for things sometimes. But then, like, there's other stuff where people just want it to mean something and they kind of make it something, Did, but, you know. Does anyone ever call you Enricio Iglesias? No, but now maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so watching Spirit of the Beehive in, like, a core curriculum class, people were just like, this is terrible. Where I was like, this is amazing. Right. And, and I was like, yo, Frankenstein's up in here! You know? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was, it was very cool. Have you ever guys ever seen the 60s film Incubus? 
No, but I know. No, I haven't. With William Shatner, the second the second film made in Esperanto, which was created by linguists to be the universal second language. I think only four films were made in Esperanto, um, and so Incubus is a movie with with a young Bill Shatner. It was lost until like, uh, it was lost until recently. It was lost for like twenty years, twenty thirty years. And it's a black and white film about like about like spirits and incubus and succubi and love and God and it definitely I saw I thought about it watching uh, Hard to Be a God. Do you think Kanye West has seen Hard to Be a God? I hope he doesn't, because then he's gonna start tweeting dumb shit and sounding like he's profound and he's not profound. I was just I gonna. I like a few of his albums, yay! But yeah, other than that, he should. Sh- you know. I was gonna say he's the kind of person I feel like he'd watch the trailer for it and then tweet about it like he saw it. Yeah, he was putting up stuff about like Joseph Bowie's yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, you just heard about him? Or isn't that cute?" Yeah, yeah. Aww, like you, like he, he tweeted a picture of like uh, uh, I like America and America likes me, and I was like, "Really, dude? Like you just found out about this now, and now you're thinking you're like super cool?" Yeah. Like, come on, uh, man. You know what? I think you're. I think you're the best, Leanne, and I don't want to. I have to say, I have to argue a little with you, if that's all right. All right. Don't be mad with me. No, no. Uh, I think I, I think it smacks a little bit of elitism to sometimes be like, oh, you, oh, you're just knowing about that. And yes, I understand, like Kanye West, who's like the arbiter of like, I'm hip and check out. I just figured out who David Shrigley is and like all this stuff. And he is. He, I am frustrated with a lot of the things he says, but like, I didn't. Under, I I discovered Tarkovsky last year. Oh no no, and that's the thing. I'm into performance art, so like I'm like a weirdo who likes like Joseph Boyes and stuff. But like I don't know. You can you can actually see his outfit from that performance piece. It's in MoMA. Like yeah. it exists. Like it's right there. It's and it's it's almost like that's like the mainstream performance art sort of thing he's already you know like I don't know it just feels like I, I almost feel like Kanye's having a manic situation right now he's tweeting way, way too much I also he's think though some... but like with Scott yeah. to your to your point though you also after you discovered Tarkovsky you didn't start talking to people like in this pretentious talking down to kind of way like he sometimes does no, but, if, but, but hey, I, you, you should but, check out Stalker like but this, I already you know. I already do talk to people like I'm a pretentious person talking down to them, so nothing's changed. No, you don't. I'm just like you need to like the art I like, and if That's you this. you know, if you don't find the things I find funny funny, then you know go fuck yourself. I don't really say that. Yeah. Um, exactly. But yeah, I don't know. I I I mean, I saw Solaris, but I didn't know that it was a Tarkovsky movie. I saw it because I really liked the Soderbergh movie. Yeah. Um. And then, and then I saw Stalker, and I was like, "Oh, this is the best movie I've ever seen." And so, when people ask me, "Oh, what do you think is a great movie?" I say, "Oh, Stalker's a great movie." Sure. But I don't, I don't know, I don't know that Kanye West could make it through Stalker right now because I think he has some. I think, I think he has some sort of mental illness that he's not taking care of. Oh yeah. Yeah, he seems a little off his uh, off his rocker right now. I don't mean to say it meanly like that, but uh, it's off he, your rocker. That's like a, a nice way. In, no, that'll probably be offensive. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And, uh, off your rocker is a bad thing to say. 
It probably will well, be. Well, people could say I'm being an unfair or un, a nice. Like people don't even say that, you're not even supposed to use the word crazy anymore. I but I understand why you wouldn't call someone crazy though. I do have though I have my own thoughts about um, language censorship. But there's a difference between saying someone's off their rocker and saying someone's crazy. Can you say someone's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the second you start saying you can't say this, you can't say that, then then language has this weird, magical, dark magic power that that becomes strangely about censorship instead of, like, figuring out better ways to use language codes. Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Jeez. Well, it is evolves. They're evolving our language, you know? Right, because language language is simply just uh, code sim- symbology that allows other people to understand what other people are trying to say, and language grows as it also lessens. I think 20,000 words or 20,000 meanings were added to the Oxford Dictionary in the past five years, but a lot of words have different meaning, and I, and I wonder how our lexicon is going to be affected by emojis and, and leet-speak. Well, I mean, I, I mean, language has to evolve and has to change. So, I mean, that's like, that's why it's funny you talked about Esperanto before. And there's only four films so far because Esperanto is a dead language because you can't have a language that is invented. Language comes from experience right. and culture. And Esperanto has no cultural pinnings, underpinnings, so you can't have that. So that's why, like, I don't... We speak differently and that's how it's going to go. Like, we evolve language and that's how it progresses, you know? How do you pronounce... The word for W A T E R. Wait, 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 hold on. Water? Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Sorry, I just. Got that almost Philly sound. Water. <coughs> water, yeah. Water. Yo, let's get some water. Yeah, down, my dad's da- from Manhattan and my mom's from South Jersey, so I got a fucked up accent. So. Down, down, down by the sock hop. Let's get some yeah. water. <laughs> yeah, when when me and Marcus and uh, the Pink Smoke guys drove nine hours to go to New Jersey to go to the Chiller Festival, because we had That's to stop. Yeah, but we That's had to. Nine we had to fucking there was stop. There's a whole thing. There was we, a whole thing. We had to stop at Poughkeepsie first to pick oh. up John, because that made sense to go to. And yeah. but when we when we went to the diner, he didn't have a car. He needed a ride. He. he there, there were probably situations that made more sense in that situation. It took was, us, it took us like eight hours to get to New Jersey. It's 2017. It was, it's, it's behind us. But I want to hear the story <laughs> of what you. But what was really cool was they had over there. They had, they had a, they had a pork roll burger that I had. Very nice. Because, New Jersey, you got pork roll, Taylor nice. ham. Yeah, I, I always have bacon, egg, and cheese. I'm not a pork roll person. Or oh, come on. No, no, bacon's better. I'm just, you know. It's different. Bacon is overrated. Bacon is overrated. What do you think? What's the over-under? No. no. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a no. What's more overrated, kale or bacon? Mm. Kale. I guess kale, yeah. Leanne. If you had to list your five favorite rappers out of Jersey, who would they be? 
That's really hard because there's, I mean, I don't know. I would always have to say Redman. He's from Newark, right next door from where I'm from. So other than that, I don't know. I'm from Jersey. Yeah. I don't know. Um, oh, God, naughty by nature, of course, because they're from what, what the orange is. Um, Keith uh, Murray? That's who else? Long I, Island. I, I'm honest, yeah, <laughs> racking my brain right now. What about uh, MC Dialect? Dialect. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was That's listening to New Jersey. Oh, my God. I just put Tame One, Tame One from the Artifacts. Dusted Dons are listen- the greatest rappers from New Jersey. That's funny you say that because Dusted. I was listening to a Dusted Don song he did with Tame One on my way over here. I just slow had suicide Tame stimulus. One. Yes, there you go. Was the Dusted Dons Tame One record? Yeah. There's also a Tame One record. Didn't Tame One make a record with Cage? Yes, he did. About smoking dust. Leak Bros. Have you ever smoked PCP, Leanne? No, 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 no. Uh, only natural things. PCP is natural. Not like that kind of natural. <laughs> you know what's all? You know what's natural? Snake venom, lava. Yes. Uh, not everything natural is good. But arsenic is natural. Very bad for you. I know. Doesn't that smell like almonds? Uh, yeah, and it's bright orange. So is DMT. Yellow. DMT is bright orange. As I want to well. do DMT. I, yeah, I do. Bridge too far for me. Ayahuasca, any of that stuff, bridge too far. All you need is like a simple mushroom and you're good to go. You don't need to like see God, you know? I mean, I, from coming from someone that I've microdosed mushrooms and gone swimming, I've macrodosed mushrooms and gone to Pink Floyd cover band concerts, and I've smoked TMT and seen the ghost of my grandmother tell me to hold my beating heart. And it's all interesting. I don't want to do, D- I don't wanna do DMT out. now. Never mind. I don't want to cry around people and stuff because I you, feel like it, I would do that. You, no one's really paying attention. They're going through their own experience. That's true. I just imagine myself being the only person doing DMT around my friends. <laughs> yeah, like hanging out with Corey, just smoking DMT. Yeah, hanging out with my friend Corey. Corey just being like, <laughs> okay, all right. This is <laughs> <an> audio podcast, <laughs> and his his face just melting into the big show, <laughs> and then your and then your family is like, that makes Marcus. sense. Come here, Marcus. What, what is that accent? <laughs> no one in my family sounds like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You can say all you want. It's not like my friend, my close friends listen to this podcast anyway. You can say anything you want. They wouldn't know. Marcus, we miss you. Come, come <laughs> hang out with us in the ether, Marcus. <laughs> And Corey's like, I like wrestling, I like pizza, I like farting, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else do we have to talk? What? Else? What's the other movie? Let's let's, no, work, let's wanna... work into that. Let's okay, work into that. Okay. All right. Um, hi, Doug. Um, Leanne, what are, what time are we at? We are at forty three minutes. Um, we can we can bleep this out or we can take it out. Do you want to talk about the other thing we talked about, maybe talking about? We can talk about it. Okay. So, recently, me and Marcus went to see the film Unsane, which was not a remake of Entrance, but it certainly felt like it. Yeah. Um, And you told us that 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 you were thinking about talking about the film because of some experiences. Would you care to talk a little? Okay, so, uh, the movie is about a woman who is, like, you know, her... She stalk, you know, she has a stalker, and then she he later on kind of, you know, it's like a horror film about like the stalker 
like coming after her again, sort of thing, right? So Soderbergh, you know, the whole deal. And I was like, all right, I'll go see it because it's Soderbergh. But the thing is, it's a mess of a film. Like the narrative is just a disaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's like a really compelling good film in there that they just totally like like about insurance fraud that they kind of like gloss over that could have been an incredibly interesting film. Yeah, the insurance and, plot side plot with with uh, with the guy that does the voices. Jay Farrow. Yeah. yeah. And that I could have been a very interesting plot. Very cool. That's actually happening. In and this I country. and I didn't even know that it was Jay Farrell for a little while because it was shot on an iPhone. The color grading was was problematic. I also, as far as I didn't realize that the second cop, the ball headed cop, was Bob Kelly, who you know, coming from experience, I'm I'm a fan of him. Sometimes he needs to take care of himself because he never looked like that before. He he, he gained a, he, he played, gained a lot he of Louis weight. C.K.'s brother. Yes, when they, he was much much thinner. They got to stop doing the bang bang. Yeah. What on he he on the show Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. a show that people don't watch anymore. Yeah, under understandably so. But we could go into that in a second. There's an episode where him and his brother do this thing called a bang bang, mm-hmm. which is you have a meal mm-hmm. and then you go to another restaurant and then you have an entire meal. Wow! So you have two meals back to back. I've been there. Called a bang bang. We should do that sometime. Both of us. You have diabetes. I might have diabetes. We should not be eating back-to-back meals. We That's need to. In, we need to encourage each other to eat more fruit. I mean, I was more, joking. More vegetables. You were not more, joking. Yes, actually, don't tell me. You yes, were I was not joking. On, on a stack of on on the life of, of of my father, I was joking. All right. Well, okay. I, I, <laughs> no. I take you for your word. For, if you say that, yes. We we both are in the club of people that have fathers that passed away. Before sure. their time, sure. Who could have been healthier? That's true. Yeah. So I thought you were being serious because no. you know, you know, I like to eat terrible food. You like to your second favorite food is Pizza Hut. No, my second favorite pizza is Pizza Hut type what, of pizza. What's your second favorite food? My second favorite food? Yeah. I don't never really thought about it. Maybe some kind of a chicken dish. I'm of saying some kind. you and I are always eating unhealthily around each other. Around each other, this is true. So. Sorry, Leanne. No, no. You yeah. walked. You walked into like an intervention. I'm a little worried about my health. I'm a little worried about Marcus's health. Oh, you shouldn't be. I go to the gym every day. Well, my numbers I don't. are good. The only gym I go to is watching Jim Jarmusch movies. Okay. I don't do crunches. I do Nestle crunches. Bob Kelly, take care of yourself. That's where it all started. That's where it all started. I started doing Tai Chi though, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Ooh, very neat. I like very- it. So sorry. We're interrupting. Our show is about interrupting. That's okay. So, yeah. So, the reason, uh, another reason I went to see this film, because it's about a woman who's, uh, you know, being stalked or whatever. So, interestingly, most, uh, well, some people know, but most people don't. Um, I had a stalker when I lived in Jersey, and that's one of the reasons I moved out, and I lost my career, and all sorts of fun things like that. So, um, and yeah, I was a librarian. I used to be a records librarian. I've since left the profession. Because, Do you um, have a the, master's in library sciences? Pardon? Do you have a master's in library sciences? Yes, That's amazing. I, I finished off paying my loan last month. Finally, you're After my you're my years. fucking hero. Yeah, so I have that. Um, but yeah, so I became a librarian. When you work in public libraries, unfortunately, there's not a lot of security, and uh, it's the only third place we have in our society. We have no place for people to go. So you're kind of like a quasi like social worker, but you have no social worker skills. Right. Anywho, 
so be that as it may be, I've seen all sorts of fucked up shit. I mean, I almost had my eye stabbed out with a pen once. I mean, like, sorts of crazy shit has happened. Um, and there's this one guy who came to my library, and I had been warned about him before I started working at this library. And they were like, oh, he, you know, he tries to tamper with our computers, and da da da. I'm like, well, why haven't you banned him? They ban people at libraries once in a while when they fuck with people. Some libraries do, but they didn't ban this guy. And I had been uh, told about him, and then he started fucking with me. He started harassing me at work and trying to ask me out. And then one day he tried to like dismantle my microfilm machine and all this sort of shit. And it was really bad. And then he started to follow me on my commute. So I, I was saying like, I lived in Montclair, right? So I had to commute in sort towards the city. And uh, um, I would have to like transfer trains and all that kind of shit. It found me. And the thing is when you're a librarian, you work really weird hours. Sometimes you work days, sometimes you work nights, sometimes you work weekends. You kind of have a fucked up weird schedule. And he always knew where I was. And so he would do this and he followed me. And then I took out, I, you know, I finally had to go and press charges. Like I didn't want to, but I was kind of, co not coerced, but I was sort of pushed into doing it by people I worked with. Yeah. Um, and then it became an ordeal of several years. I was in court with this guy for three years. Um, first year, he finally got convicted um, after an entire year of court because he wouldn't show up. And then I would go and then he would show up again. And then they finally put in like, uh, you know, warrant for his arrest. And then the judge had to recuse himself because the arresting officer was, uh, his lawyer was the judge. So we had to start it all over again. So, you know, so that was a year. He was convicted, got one month in jail two years of probation and I was the fourth person he had been convicted of harassing. I did not know this at the time. That's all you get. So then after that, he didn't appeal the verdict. He did his jail time and then he started suing me in different counties in New Jersey. And he would... You're, bra and you're breaking up. You're breaking up. Just saying, oh, Leanne, Leanne, Leanne. Oh, I'm sorry. You're breaking up. So let's, okay. let's, just, let's just step back about 10 seconds. Yes. He started suing you in different counties. Yes. So after he was convicted, instead of appealing the verdict, which was his constitutional right, he decided to just forge documents. And he was actually, he'd been convicted of forging several times also. Jesus. Um, previous to this. And so he forged documents, send them to different places in Jersey, in like different court, in different uh, counties, and be like, oh, she's harassing me, blah, 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 blah. Then I would have to go out of court show the documentation, and they'd be like, oh my gosh. Well, that's obviously not the case. And then this, was, this repeated for until I basically left Jersey. I didn't, The last time I saw him um, was about like two and a half months before I moved out. Um, and yeah, so that kind of shit just went on, and it, it never stopped. And um, unfortunately, see, I like to put my hand in the fire because I'm stupid. Um, I have PTSD from all this shit, and after I, obviously. Watched, this, I watched this movie, right? Um, I just started thinking about stuff, and then I like looked him up like a fucking idiot. And yeah, he's in court right now uh, for harassment of two different people. Um, so yeah, like he'll never stop. He'll never fucking stop because there's no mechanisms to make him stop because you can't get a restraining order. Even if somebody is, if somebody comes to your job and harasses you and all that kind of follows you and all that shit, you can't get a restraining order in New Jersey. You yeah. have to either have a familial relationship, like a, a romantic relationship. I was shit out of luck. 
And so, yeah, so that was me. So after that, I left librarianship because I was like, fuck this, it's not worth it. Like, the small amount of money I'm making is not worth it. And um, yeah, and I moved to Kansas City and I'm happy now. And I'm not near that kind of shit. So, um, and do you, yeah, so. Leanne. Yeah. Do you need us to bleep out where you're from? No, no. Absolutely not, because I have a business. And I mean, I write stuff, and everybody knows where I live, so not a problem. Um, so that's yes. the thing. That, that's Tell me about your business. Oh, I have a I have a small um, nail lacquer business. We're called eighteen ninety eight house. Hell yeah, you and do. You got to exfoliate, pardon? son. You got to exfoliate, son. Right, right. Yeah. So no, I named it after my house. I live in a very old house here on the Oregon Trail, and um, the Oregon Santa Fe California trails run through Kansas City. So I live in that neighborhood, like it's a large area, and I live in that neighborhood that that is, and my house is very, very old, so I named it after my house. Um, yeah, but yeah, so basically like the reason like I was thinking a lot about this stuff is when I watched the movie, it really pissed me off. There's this one particular scene that really pisses me off where the woman who is, you know, stalked, she uh, goes and she just goes to the courthouse and gets a restraining order, one, two, three. Well, that's not going to happen. I looked up the um, the laws in Massachusetts. You can't get a restraining order in Massachusetts like that. It doesn't work. You have to go through trials and get a lawyer and go through all the bullshit that I went through. She didn't do that. And then there's this funny thing where she gets the restraining order in the movie. And then Matt Damon comes, his like little, you know, his, his, his cameo. And it's Matt the most Damon. condescending shit in the world. It's like, oh, well, make sure that you have your keys out. When, when you go to your car, it's like, no, no, no shit, Sherlock, like, I'm a woman, like, I know that, and it's like, and he's like, don't, don't go on Facebook, and don't do that, and it's like, basically, he's telling her to be under witness protection, and I'm like, no, that's not my problem to, um, you know, like, sequester myself, because somebody else is acting like a fool, it's, so, it's like that kind of shit, where that movie basically said, no, that's what you have to do if you're soft, you have to basically shut down your whole life, and like go into hiding and I was like so all this stuff in the movie was really wrong the way they did it like she because it, she met the guy at her job right or, or a volunteer either way she would have never been able to get a restraining order absolutely not so See, like that just really pissed me off with the film and then I started to like think about stuff and like you know it, it wasn't like you know it wasn't healthy for me if it had been dealt with in a smart manner I would have been fine with it I have I have a couple questions. Yeah. So I think it was awesome that you looked it up and you did your due diligence. How important is verisimilitude in film? Well, in something like I think it should be a little more real. I mean, yes, this is like a horror film, whatever. But at least have a little more. Like, don't make it like, oh, it's just so easy. And also, she's completely like off her. She's really like hyped up, and she wants to like kill everybody, and she keeps seeing him, and I'm like. I, I don't want to kill the guy. Like, I don't like him, but I don't want him to die. I'm not a murderer. Like, that would be gross. Yeah. And, um, you know, and the fact that she's like, const I don't see him. I mean, once in a while, I'll see a, you know, a man who might possibly look like him and get, like, a little tweaked out for two seconds and then realize, no, that's somebody else. Right. Just the guy moves like him or something. Um, also, like, my, my issue, if you were getting into verisimilitude, is... Working, working in um, human services for nearly twenty years, like he wouldn't have been able to work there without a photo ID. 
you know, but that's besides the point. They're trying, they're like, they're trying to say like that the situation was run down and and it was faulty. But like, this is also a problem which which I feel like is shooting shooting fish in a barrel. Don't get mad at me, Peter. But like, orange is the new black. Some of, some of the story beats are like, yo, this isn't real. Like, yeah. like that. The you can't work at uh, you can't be a correctional officer without like a photo ID, you know. But whatever. Um, have you seen Entrance? I haven't got. I haven't had a chance to see. It yet. I don't. You guys been talking a lot about it. You so. if if Unsane had this effect on you, then then I would say either say see Entrance with someone you feel comfortable with. Or maybe skip out on it. Maybe I, I tend not to hold myself back from stuff, even if I know it's gonna hurt, just because I feel you shouldn't experience things. Right. Um, you know, and I mean, I, I have PTSD in, in hypervigilance, so it's like I, everything's a trigger, you know. And it's not just that. I mean, there was a, like, while I was going through all this stuff, there was a lot of like bereavement in my life, like really, like Marcus, you know, like really sure. fucked up really heavy bereavement. I will not get into it because it will bum the fuck out of everybody, no. but no. let me just put it to you. Like, I lost two, three of the most important people in my life in 2003, which was the third year of going through all the court shit and everything, and so, like, it was fucking hard. Um, I'm sorry. But, oh, no, no, thank you, thank you. So, um, I was going through all that shit at the same time. So there's nothing worse than going through litigation, but like litigation with like bereavement on top of it just makes you like insane. Yeah, um, so not unsane? Not unsane. No, that was another thing. What was with the title? I don't know. Unsane. What is that about? But um, yeah, so I, I felt, but I have a tendency to like, I mean, I had some therapists that year telling me to stop watching shit about the Holocaust and stop reading stuff about North Korea. Because uh, um, I was getting like, uh-huh. well, my no, because I was thinking like at the time because I was going through so much shit. I was like, well, there are people who have it worse than me, right? Right. And then my therapist was like, cut it out, really, cut it out, stop watching Showa and shit like that, you know. So I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe that's not the smartest thing to like just put pain on top of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, boy, do, I'm gonna. I have I have something to recommend you for when we when we get off the air. Anything you're excited about lately, film-wise? Film-wise, I don't know. I mean, I think I heard sometime this summer there's going to be an Alexander McQueen documentary coming out, which I'm excited about because that's the kind of guy who needs documentary. A really, really good one made about him. Um, I still miss him every year. I can't believe he's gone. And, um, yeah, I just, I, his stuff is, he was an extraordinary artist. And, you know, he, he should definitely have his work and his life talked about. Um, other than that, right now, I mean, really, I mean, I haven't been to the movies for a minute, and I don't really know what else. Well, I'm, I'm definitely looking into, as you guys call the Danish director, uh, his new film, <laughs> which will be well, it's coming out of can out of competition, and then it, I think it doesn't come out until like December. Um, but starring I'm Amherst Stone. About that, yeah. the house that Jack built. Yeah. So that I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, the, it's the the there's going to be a top heavy fourth quarter, though I have to tell you right now some good stuff is coming out 
Um, I don't know what I don't know what the independent film scene is like in Kansas City, Missouri, but you have the new Claire Denis film, Let the Sunshine In, coming out this Friday, uh, which we saw at the New York Film Festival. Uh, Zama, Lucretia Martel's third film, just came out that we're going to talk about next week on the podcast because we've both seen it. I'm not going to say my thoughts about it. You Were Never Really Here, Lynn Ramsey's third film just came out two weeks ago. And that's, people are people are loving it. I'm mm-hmm. loving it. Uh, that's a McDonald's catchphrase. I'm loving it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of exciting uh, things on the horizon. I feel like I probably shouldn't ask this because we probably should go. But, uh, so you, you, you went to school with some jazz people. Hell yeah. So you saw, you, have you seen Let's Get Lost? No, uh, help me out. It's Chet Baker documentary. No, no, I haven't seen that one. Oh my lord! Well, have, next time you come on the show, because you and I were supposed to talk about that movie on the show. Yes, we were. That's like last, like last like year. Last year, recording in my old kitchen days. The old kitchen days. Yeah. The snitching days. Yeah. The riching days. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so so it's it's a lovely film, and I think you would like it. Um, yeah. Do you have any closing words? How would you like to be remembered? Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, think <laughs> don't of me know. fondly, I guess. Yeah. I, you know, folks, be kind. I don't know. Um, be kind. Yeah. Read, yeah. Uh, go to Pill and Empire and read uh, what Leanne has written on uh, everything from Marie Antoinette, uh, Merry Christmas, uh, Mr. Lawrence, Go, um, Wings of Desire, Pina. Wow, as I th- wow, you've written a lot of thing, yeah. th- things for me. Yeah, read read all the go to the search and read all Wings those of things. Desire. Who directed Wings of Desire? Vin Vendors. Vin Vendors, yeah. yeah. He With did Peter Pina. Falk playing yeah. Peter Falk in a fictitious uh yeah. Yo, I just saw Neon Bible this morning. You ever seen that movie? Neon Bible? Yeah, the dude that did uh A Quiet Passion. What's that guy's name? Quiet Passion? What's the Quiet Passion? Why Am Herzone. Oh, Terrence Davies. Yeah. Oh, duh. Right, right, right. You know he's. Saw, oh, you confused me. The the sub. He's from UK. The subject. Yeah. Never mind. You got me. Yeah. You yeah, ever yeah. saw gotcha. his film Neon, De- the Neon Bible? I have not. It's uh, based off of uh, Christopher O'Toole, who wrote um, a Confederacy of Dunces. Was that Christopher O'Toole? John Kennedy O'Toole. Excuse me. Mm. He passed away. He he took his own life twelve years before Confederacy of Dunces came out. But his mother so passionately was trying to get people to read it. He got Walker Percy, who wrote The Moviegoer, one of my favorite uh, novellas about film and New Orleans, got convinced him to read it. He read it, was like, holy shit, this book's great. Put it out, and it became a huge book. Every single person who was slated to play the main character in the movie died. Uh, except for like the last time, but like John Candy was supposed to be in the role, mm. uh, John Belushi was supposed to be in the role, oh. uh, Chris Farley was supposed to be in the role, and then P- oh, Steven whoa. Soderbergh was supposed to make it for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Confederacy of Dunces. So then they were like, so then they were like, does he have anything else? And they found that he wrote a book when he was sixteen, an epistolary novel. No, not epistolary. Um, picaresque. I don't know. Uh, called Neon Bible about a kid growing up in, you know, the 30s. Uh, Dennis Leary plays his dad. It's excellent. Mm-hmm. I watched it this morning. It's on Mubi. Nice. Zebras in America, brought to you by Mubi. 
That's what it could sound like, movie. We need sponsors, guys. Yeah. Leanne, it was so lovely to have you it was today. You too. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of this course. Finally. Yeah, we were meeting in, on the internet. That's how it goes. That's that's the world we live in now. That's okay. Yeah, it's all right. The blue pill, all the days. When I'm not flipping over ambulances, I'm in the gym stacking plates and banging weights. You know, I eat fifteen thousand calories a day just to be able to feed the monster you know it, it takes a lot to run almost a 400 pound frame and well as far as training goes sometimes i just go out in the woods and i beat trees down with my bare hands okay do you have a signature move do you have a signature move running power slam you get hit with it you don't come back from it 